Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions here from our studios in Colorado. Uh, no snow. Well, I guess there is some snow on the ground. Uh, the spring storms are, you know, heavy, wet snow, but then it melts so quickly. I mean, if it always, man, if it always snowed like that, I'd be happy, happy, happy. Uh, but it did kind of uh, uh, hit, take a hit on our church attendance last night, although I was very encouraged by how many people came out. We had special guests, Terry and Nancy Clark, uh, leading us in worship. Many of you that go back many years have been blessed by the music of Terry Clark, and and we were blessed last night, uh, went through and got an update on some relief work with the Matthews family, uh, just how God's using them. Um, I, I, love the, I love, love, love when... It's not always the testimony, but it is very many times. When a, te- when a missionary stands up on the stage and says, we sold everything. And, you know, I, I know everything isn't completely everything. They have clothes and, and probably a few things here and there. But, but for the most part, man, they picked up, they sold everything and moved. And they're dedicated to this relief ministry throughout the United States <clears throat> to help after natural disasters. Oh, it was such a great update. And I, I remember the Fox family that went to Brazil and, you know, just a successful uh, real estate career uh, that Kyle had and, and, and just boom, sold everything. They actually sold everything and bought a boat and did a boat ministry for a while. Uh, and, and then the Lord showed them that, yes, they were to be missionaries, but no, it wasn't to be on a boat. And so they sold the boat and ended up settling where they're plastering a plant. <laughs> Planting and pastoring a church in Brazil. So awesome, man. Just unbelievable. I was so encouraged uh, by God using anybody and everybody that will yield themselves to you. That's our church, Calvary Aurora. Uh, Calvary Aurora is in Aurora. We've been here 18 years. You guys here listening on Grace FM, we're just so honored to serve you and serve this community. Grace FM is a ministry outreach of our church and and we are grateful to uh, be used and <clears throat> I'm grateful to, to have the opportunity to serve you. Um, I got a text recently uh, from a brother who was listening to an, some archive studies, uh, and he was listening to the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, I'm actually going to go listen to the study um, because I made mention of some sort about radio and that God might give us a radio station in you know, we might give us the opportunity to purchase a radio station. And and then thinking now, uh, nine years later, Grace FM is two radio stations and an online platform. It reaches a potential audience of four and a half million people, covers about 80% of the population in Colorado, uh, which is our primary outreach. You know, the, the churches we want to support, the you know, the, the communities we want to serve, we want to build up the body of Christ. We want churches to be filled 
We want the word of God to go forward. We, we desire to, to water the ground. One of the visions that the Lord gave me uh, when, uh, you know, because when it comes to radio and, and outreach in that way, that what God did give us was clear. He gave us uh, way back in the second year of our church to take our Bible studies and put them on the radio. Uh, we started on a local station here in Denver, an AM station. Then we added another AM station, and then the Lord opened the door for us to add uh, an FM station to our lineup here on KRKS and KLT for you guys that are local. And and that was great. God was using it, and it's fulfilling our vision. Um, but then with relationships with people on the radio uh, and open doors and different, and of course the testimony of Pastor Chuck Smith and K-Wave in Southern California, uh, we began to think, man, maybe, Lord, you're entrusting us with these resources that we might be able to help bring a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week worship and Bible study. And and that's it. Uh, no commercials, because we're a non-commercial um, station. If you Then some of you might, wait a minute, I hear commercials. Those aren't commercials. Those are donor acknowledgement statements. And that's just basically businesses that support Grace FM and help pay the bills. Uh, they're not advertising. And so, you know, if you have a business and you'd like to donate to the station, we can we can arrange to have donor acknowledgements run for you. Just go to Grace FM and email us or gracefm.com. And and so, you know, through all the through all the steps of faith and open doors and things, one of the things that God really spoke to my heart was to help church planters in other communities by sending out the word of God into their community every day and softening the soil where they're planting. Uh, you know, when a church is starting, the, the, um, the metaphor that's used, the picture that's used is to plant a church. And so all of the gardening things, uh, bla- you know, planting, like putting a seed down into a soil. And, and oftentimes I'll talk to guys uh, that I have the privilege of being a part of their lives as they're pastoring and planting is that it, the phrase, it's a hard soil. And it is hard soil. And so in, in, in part of our vision for Grace FM is to pave the way for other church plants. Uh, you know, of course, we have our own fellowship family of Calvary chapels, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed of our fellowship family. We're not a perfect family, um, but we are a family. We're, <laughs> we're like any other family, and uh, even some difficulties right now with division and such. But hey, we're a family. That's the way it is. Uh, but it's not exclusive to Calvary's. There's a lot of great churches in our town. Uh, I'm, I've got some neat relationships now forming with Nathan and the Colorado Baptist Association and you know my friends with the Nazarene. Um, I'm grateful for the Assembly of God, the Foursquare churches, the independent churches. Man, there, there's great stuff happening. And of course, having the opportunity to play music and to, to be a part of uh, helping artists uh, that that wouldn't necessarily get on the radio, uh, can't break through on K Love or break through. Uh, we want to provide opportunities uh, to to help them break through. I think uh, I think of my brother Chris, uh, who and his band Felling Giants, and what God has uh, done with them uh, and opened the door for them. and And their music's amazing. God has anointings on that guy and on those guys in amazing ways. And and so, or my buddy from Tucson. Uh, my my buddy Johnny Coat 
man, that, that guy is just so anointed or Sean Stone or, you know, and you're wondering who are these people? Well, uh, they're, they're folks that are in congregations putting out great music, uh, worshipful music, you know, from our own congregation, Ernie's, Ernie's song, Ernie True, our missionaries to Ireland, her song is, is in our lineup and, and on and on that list goes. So, um, anyway, it, there's more to radio uh, behind the scenes. There's a vision behind it. There's a, there is a, a sense of support and encouragement and camaraderie. And, and, it, and yet, it is, just, it is just an outreach of our church. <laughs> We're not a big corporation. We're not a business. Our, our, our radio station's not a business. It's, it's a ministry. And it's run like a ministry, and so it reflects our de- a doctrinal statement. It reflects the direction of our board of elders uh, and our agreement as a pastor-led church. And and man, so grateful to have it as a tool. And this is part of it, Calvary Live, where you've got Nick Cady up in Longmont on Mondays, and Jeff Figs from Greeley on Tuesdays, and Eric Cartier from uh, down in the in in the Springs on Fridays, and other guys that fill in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, that's just a little snapshot for you guys listening in, a, in Maryland, Baltimore, uh, New Jersey, uh, you guys listening, Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky, Nebraska, Wyoming, Colorado. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad uh, that you have joined us. I don't see any calls because I didn't pull up my call screen yet. So how about I do that uh, and see if we have any calls while we're waiting and just talking through. Uh, let's see what I have on text. Uh, here's a question on text. It says, Dear Ed, Pastor Ed, could you explain why Christians don't perform exorcisms on people or in houses where legitimate paranormal demonic activity has been manifested? Uh, I know the Catholic Church does uh, when the case is deemed as legitimate. Well, Josh, we are not opposed. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I can't really speak for other churches, but we're not opposed uh, laying hands on someone and Praying that God would remove any demonic possession or oppression. Um, it's it's not going to become a production like the Roman Catholics have made it, and or Hollywood has made it. Um, but certainly, we've had our fair share of dealing in the demonic realm, uh, and and dealing with uh, what's commonly known as exorcism. How God, not man, but God will deliver. Not a priest, not a pastor, but that God will drive out and cast out demons. Now, when it comes to a house, a house can't be possessed. Uh, so we wouldn't perform a what you call exorcism uh, of a house because, you know, the houses can't be possessed. You know, that's just, uh, that doesn't mean demonic activity can't happen in a house or in a church. You know, some of the highest demonic activity happens during a church service as the gospel is going forth. And the oppression and the warfare that's happening. I mean, if we had a peek into the unknown and unseen world, man, we'd see a battle. But but houses and buildings and inanimate objects cannot be possessed. That's that's more uh, fairy tales in Hollywood. Uh, and so, if you feel there's paranormal or demonic activity, then you do what the Bible says: the Lord rebuke you, and uh, and and. Claim your home for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, you can pray, God, as you pray that the demons have, you resist the devil and he must flee from you. Uh, and so, when it comes to something inanimate, we wouldn't be a part of that. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Let me see what I have on my call screen. 
All right, the lines are full. I'm sorry, guys, I didn't have my screen up. So let's go on right to line number one is Bianca is calling from Aurora, Colorado. Bianca, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. The Lord has really been, I guess, during this whole month and every year that there's been missions march, I mean... I just feel this sense that the Lord is calling me, and I, and although I don't know exactly where, although I do have my place I'd like to go if it's the Lord's will, I just feel this strong sense of just wanting to I guess, do whatever the Lord wants me to do, and and I'd well, just like some prayer that the Lord would reveal exactly His will, because I don't want to do my will just because I'm drawn to that place or whatever. <laughs> well, let's pray. Father, you know Bianca's heart. You know what she's been praying for for quite a while. And and you know the limitations that are in her life physically can sometimes discourage her. And I pray against that discouragement, God, because you, well, we know, as we mentioned last night in our Bible study, you have Bianca exactly where you want her right now. And, and, and yet, right where she is and how you're using her, you're stirring her, God. These desires for missions, these desires to use her gifts, on the mission field are not from the devil. They're from you. And so I pray that you would lead and guide her and encourage her. God, that that you would open doors. Um, you would open doors that no man can close, and you would close doors that no man can open. And encourage my sister as she's waiting for your perfect will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks. Bye. All righty. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's go on to Philadelphia. Jared's calling. Welcome, welcome, Jared. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good. Uh, so it'll be short, Pastor. So okay. I've been in a, I've been in a, a debate with myself for the past like five years or so now. Okay. Um, just you know, kind of going over the you know the seven day account of creation. Yes. And. You know, obviously, we know in America, especially, you know, science, like the prevailing mindset, you know, in the secular world. And, you know, even in more yes. recent years, we have more pastors and, you know, believers kind of coming to sort of like a caveat and saying like, oh, well, you know, science and, you know, the Bible, they don't have to be separate. You know, maybe God used evolution to bring creation, you know, to its fruition. Um, so I'm basically just wondering how you know a pastor like yourself would go about defending the the seven day account of creation that we read in Genesis. I, I think it's it's rather easy for me to defend it as as I approach the Bible as a literalist, and anyone that doesn't approach the Bible as a literalist has have have far more problems with the Bible than a literalist does. And what I mean by that is that we we accept the Bible as it is written in its literal sense, that the words that were used have specific meaning to them. And, you know, for example, we would never understand a metaphor unless we took what was said literally. Does that make sense? 
Um, be, you know, we, we read the Bible, it says what it says, and we respond to what it says r- rather than read into and explain away what it says because we don't like it or it's hard or so-called scientific um, discoveries and and theories have a pop, more popular cultural uh, ex- acceptance. So we, we need a cave to try to accommodate what we see in the culture. Uh, and so I, I approach it literally because um, if I don't approach it literally, then there are way more problems um, to solve. So one of the things that, one of the things, and I know this is a simple answer, but but it's where I sit. And if you, a more complicated answer or a more thorough answer, I should say, um, one of the best guys that does this is Ken Ham and his organization, uh, Answers in Genesis. Uh, I think you can go to answers.org or answersingenesis.org and you could spend, you know, every waking hour reading the, the hundreds of thousands of articles they have there. But, but when we come to, you know, the, the supposed age of the earth, because that's really one of the sticking points, the age of the earth and the so-called fossil record that seems to imply millions of years. Of course, every year that goes by, the scientists have to add more years in order to accommodate their theory. But setting that aside, uh, we obviously find things within our, uh, with, within our world within our, our archaeological discoveries, within uh, scientific discoveries, things that have age to them. We call them fossils. Uh, and they appear older, uh, much older. And you know, when you do carbon dating, you do t- different types of, of measurements of age, and people come back and say, well, this is a million years old, and this is 10 million years old, or this is 20,000 years old. And you know, a lot of it is guessing, uh, quite frankly, but let's just give it to them. Let me, let me give everything to the scientific community. Um, how do we explain that and how do we respond to that? And, and here's my answer. And, and, and it's a, it's an important theory. It's an important, I mean, excuse me, it's an important point, not theory to understand. And let me just ask this question to you, Jared. Is it possible for God to create something that has built in age to it? He did it with Adam. He, he did it with Adam. That's a very important point. And, and if somebody says, oh, I don't know. Yes. Um, I'm going to bring them back to I'm going to bring them back to the literal creation account of a literal man and a literal woman that were created out of the dust and their appearance at least the the way that it's described the limited limited descriptions that we have in Genesis is that they were they were created in their adult uh, as adults uh, we don't have the exact age uh, you know that they appeared but they weren't created as crying babies um, Adam was an adult. He was created to tend the garden. He was intelligent. On and on we go. So let's just say that they were th- created with the appearance of 30-year-olds. Uh, I think that's a fair uh, assumption. So sure. they, 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 they are created on day one. On day two, how old are they? Day old. Yeah, they're a day old. But what do they look like? 30-year-olds. Adults, right. and so if if I can allow someone, you know, if I can walk someone through that, I, I want to keep someone toward the biblical narrative, and I want to keep someone toward the literalist view, because that's where the argument has to be. It can't be of scientific findings. It can't be well. This guy said this, and that guy said that. The, that's not the primary um, methodology that we use. 
Uh, and if you undermine, you know, if you undermine undermine the creation account, then that kind of gives you free reign to undermine whatever you want to undermine. And I simply don't hold to that. Okay. And I think for deeper discussions, you know, deeper, I really haven't had to go deeper than that. That 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 answer usually either shuts someone down because they know that they're not, if they want to be argumentative, and they're not going to get anywhere with me. And they can't disprove it. They they can't. They they ha- I take their own Bible and show them. Um, and, or it satisfies even the most intelligent person, like it's who's ten times more scientifically smart than I am. Hey, the Bible says what it says. Just like you're, just like when you're doing scientific research, the 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 facts are the facts, and you either mm-hmm. accept them and respond to them, or you fudge them. It's your choice. So, and you know, you can cut me off if you need to here, but I guess my follow up to that would be. You know, you say you take the Bible literally, but there yes. are parts of the Bible that we don't take literally as Christians. Which part? So, like, for example, and this is an example, and I'm going to butcher, you know, the uh, the reference, but, um, you know, when the Bible says that, you know, cut off of your, you're cut off your own hand if it causes you to sin. You know, well, we, we do know take that, that it's not calling us to self-mutilate ourselves, it's calling us to take away the temptation. So You wouldn't would even be, be able to... but. But you, but here, Jared, you skipped a step. So let's sure. talk about that because I, I think that's a great illustration, a, a great example. But you skipped a step in your logic. You would never be able to even assess whether what that means unless you took it literally. Did Jesus literally say that? Yes or no? In the Bible, yes. Yes, so the, you re, you believe that the Bible is an accurate representation of what Jesus said in the moment, right? Yes. So we would say Jesus literally said that. I believe that. You believe that. So you just took the Bible literally. What you're, you 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 skip that step when you jump to what did he mean? So you would never be able to even ask that question. What did he mean? Unless you literally accept what he said. And he's obviously using metaphoric language, and we would never be able to come to the conclusion that it's a metaphor unless we accepted literally that he said what he said. And that's an easy thing to skip, but you got to remember, when you, when you walk through the Bible, you're, you're right, the meaning of the text is, is sometimes in dispute. But you, we, you and I can't even argue about the meaning. We wouldn't even be able to have a good, solid, friendly argument unless we agreed on the literalness of the text. Otherwise, what would we be arguing about? Sure. You don't believe it says that? I believe it says that. That's what we're arguing about. But if we both believe it's literal, then the discussion becomes, what did he mean? I guess I'm I'm taking that, and I mean, I don't don't think there would be any problem with why couldn't you then apply that to Genesis? What did he mean? Since... You know, God is a Correct. God is an in, infinite being. You know, and, and our human minds are so small, and there's only so much that we can retain and comprehend. Yes. So yeah, in, and in I, my, we are in my doing. Thinking is if God were to try to tell humans who He is, He would do it in ways that we can understand and comprehend. I, I, I you're you're absolutely right. That's and we're doing the same thing in Genesis. We're doing the same thing. We believe it says what it says. So we've taken it literally. 
And then you can, then you, there's many reasons besides the fact, just besides the fact that God created something with built in age. I mean, when you think through Genesis, just simply, um, it's almost like God made it so simple for us. God made it so simple that when he, he, he writes it, he, when he writes the creation account, he's, he's saying, he tells us, um, let them in the creation account, he has the two greater, you know, in Genesis one, he, um, he, he says at the end of every day of creation in verse, like, for example, in verse 19, evening and morning were the fourth day. What, what's a day to you? Don't, does it have a morning and a night? 24 hours. Yeah. I'm generally, I mean, generally right. that, yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't made it complicated. I would, I would propose that from your very observation that I agree with you, that God would make it simple for us. And that's kind of what's so offensive about the Bible, to, to especially to very smart people, you know, to, to very hyper-intelligent people that, that have helped uh, great progress uh, in our world today, both Christian and non-Christian alike in the scientific world. Uh, that's why the Bible becomes so offensive to them, because it is so simple. And they come back and, and they say, it can't be that simple. And a literalist says, well, it's pretty simple to me. He says it after every day. It was evening and morning. What's evening and morning mean to you? Well, you know, and that's where it gets explained away. So I say we're doing the same thing uh, with Genesis as we are with the statement of Jesus. That works for me. This is a great question. And I know a lot of people listening in, you know, they have a lot of viewpoints, but a lot of people are asking the same question that you asked. And... And it really is, it's a really good one. So thanks for calling all the way from Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, no, I love your show, man. What's the Philly, what are the Phillies going to do this year? I'm more of an Eagles guy, but we're probably going to repeat on the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, you guys are just going to pack that. You're going to ride that one for the rest of your life, aren't you? Uh, yeah, my, my grandfather may now rest peacefully. It's <laughs> great. Uh, I, you know, it's. Uh, I moved here uh, to Denver, to the Denver area from Southern California, and in Southern California, there's really no pro team, you know, because they come in and out all the time. And when I yeah, moved sure. here, like the Broncos, man, this is a football town. Like everything revolves around the Broncos here. If the oh, Broncos yeah. win, everyone's happy. If they lose, <laughs> people are miserable. And I can't imagine <laughs> how happy you guys are out there. Oh man, it was a party on Broadway. Well, good. When call back anytime, bro. All right, Ed. You have a good day. All right. Thanks, Jared. Bye, bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. We're coming up on the first break, so we're just going to wait until um, until then. And I see there's one line open. So, Carl, you'll be next, uh, and then Bernadette, you'll be next, and then we've got an open line. And again, welcome everyone on Hope FM. Glad you're tuned in. Uh, Hope FM covers the Philadelphia area, uh, and uh, Philadelphia, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, all throughout Baltimore. We had, a uh, yesterday we had so many calls in from the East coast on the second half. That was so awesome. And then truth FM, you guys listening, I know it's been a while. Uh, we've been on um, over a month now and it does take some time to call, but you can call the numbers 303-690-3000. And even though you're hearing the show on the air, one week delayed, if you call during the show, you will speak live, and the audience in Colorado and Nebraska and Wyoming and anyone online will hear the show live, and you'll just hear your call the next week, um, and 
you get used to that. It's not not that big a deal. So you guys in Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky, call us. Uh, we'd love to have you on the air. There is a, a line open, so I'd encourage you to take it while it's open. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora. Again, if you have these questions of creation and, and different views on that, answers.org, answers.org. Ken Ham, uh, he's the one that has the Creation Museum and built the Ark. Uh, I haven't been able to go yet. I want to go. I know somebody from the church just went. The kids in our academy are going to go. I want to go. Maybe the Lord will open that door one day. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live on Grace FM. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome back to today's second half of Calvary Live. Uh, And, you know, we say this, it's kind of repetitive. And when things get repetitive, you don't really hear them anymore. But when I say we, we really do appreciate you tuning in, it's true. And we especially appreciate when you put a bumper sticker on your car or grab a T-shirt or tell someone about Grace FM. Uh, we don't have a very large marketing budget. Uh, we don't have mon- much of a, one at all. Uh, so the word of mouth is just the way it goes. And if you would just tell somebody, uh, you'd invite somebody to listen in, you'd send them a note, uh, you would give them a, a chance to, uh, to hear uh, what you're doing. Uh, that would be great. Uh, 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. We're taking your calls and questions. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls, taking your questions, and grateful to be a part of it. I see a text here. It says, uh, I've been listening uh, to Abounding Grace. Uh, listen this morning. Uh, it was great. So thank you, guys. Um, there was another one. It's pretty funny. I didn't listen to today's broadcast, so I don't know. Uh, let me see here. I was seeing another one here. Somebody text in. Heard your show on the radio this morning uh, talking about prophecy. Uh, you were saying that if you hear someone honk your horn at you, think exhortation. Today after work, I honked my horn at someone at a green light. Immediately, I thought, yep, that was exhortation. <laughs> well, I, um, when I get distracted and don't immediately respond to a green light, uh, my daughter, when she's in the car with me, will always say, green means go. And I always tell her, stop it. Green means go. Uh, that's the exhortation. 303-690-3000. Appreciate you guys uh, that do connect with us through Abounding Grace. Those are the those are the teachings we get. We have here. We just we don't edit them very much. I mean, we, we edit them for time, but... Um, they, they aren't edited for any mistakes I make or anything. It's just like being in the sanctuary with us here. And we have now been on the radio, I believe, uh, uh, not only in Denver, but around the country, I want to say 16 years. Um, but I'd have to look up the date and appreciate that. 
303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Go right back to the phone lines, and we're going to pick up with Carl on line three, calling from Golden, Colorado. Carl, welcome to the program. Carl, you're on the air. Uh, Carl, we missed you. Um, there is a question about flat earth. Hey, can you hear me? Carl, you with us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, you were on the air. Okay. Yeah, so I have a family member who has been dabbling in Christian YouTube videos and is starting to really uh, fall into flat earth. Um, I'm sorry, bro. Your phone is messed up. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're back on, but I hope you don't disappear. Can you hear Try it again. Uh huh. Yeah, they always seem to happen. I'm have a perfect connection until I get on the air, and then. Well, I'll tell you what, Carl. If if you do, if we do have to put you on hold or or end it because you you flat out, email me. Pastor Ed at CalvaryAurora.org, and I'll send you an article that will help give some basic answers from the Bible. Okay, so it's just over um, the biblical round earth. I've found them mm-hmm. to believe, become a flat earther. So um, he's comparing to the old biblical worldview of the earth being flat with the, the pillars and it's a dome and whatnot. And so, um, and Bulls, he is, he's also turned to a lot of other people sure. having different arguments for a flat earth um so i heard one of your sermons talk about that the earth that you had there's biblical support for the earth being round and i, I want to know what those scriptures are well the first one that comes to mind is isaiah chapter 40 verse 22 uh it speaks of god as the one who sits above the circle of the earth what does he do with that one yeah i'm sorry bro you are out uh, but give me a call. I mean, email me, Carl. I will send you an a, a introductory article. And 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 as we were talking with that earlier, Carlo, about literal and metaphorical language. I mean, if if the four pillars of the earth and the four corners of the earth uh, were literal in that sense, like like the meaning of them was literal, then let's take a let's take a trip to them today. Uh, let's take a trip to them. And let's all see them and write our name on them. Um, and, and they're not. They're not there. So email me, pastoredcalvaryroar.org, and I'll, I'll send you something, all right? 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's go to Bernadette in Denver. Bernadette, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. The reason I'm calling is I would like you to uh, pray for my father. We just found out that he had cancer a couple of weeks ago. He has cancer. We just found out. And my dad is, he's 72 years old. But he's healthy and he's walking around like nothing's going on. I know Jesus is working, but I just need a little extra prayer. Okay. Father, we pray for Bernadette's dad and and also our friend Dave uh, that is battling cancer and... God, we know how devastating this disease is, but not, it's not, you know, the the effects of it, like kind of put us at a loss, but it's not stronger than you, God. You are able to heal and you are able to strengthen and you are able to touch 
and to 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 bring about uh, a clean test and whether you use doctors and medicine or you do it supernaturally we pray right now god that you would bring healing strength and encouragement into bernadette's uh, dad's life into her life lord that she might be able to be strong as she loves her dad and also dave and win and so many others that battle with cancer lord in jesus name amen amen thank you so much also i have a question for you okay on um on lent i went to church to get my ashes and when i came out i don't know what it was but i had like a something on my head i thought i was seeing a shadow my son okay. was with me and i asked him if he saw it and he thought i was crazy i don't know <laughs> It was a beautiful thing. I just can't figure out what it was. It was yeah, like I don't a know. spirit or some kind. I don't know. I I can't explain. It was like a something over my forehead after I got my ashes. It was very beautiful, but I don't know what it was. Yeah, I don't my either. My son couldn't see it, and I, I mean, I couldn't see it if I looked in the mirror. But it was like over my head. Okay. It was a. Can you can explain that you don't know what it is? <laughs> I have no idea what it is. No, I'm sorry. Uh, or what it was. It's not here anymore, but it was oh, beautiful. Wow. And I thank you so much, and I listen to you all the time, and so does my husband. Well, wonderful. What an honor to serve you. And God bless you, and thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Where are we at? Dan. Dan's calling from Aurora. Welcome to the program. Hello. How you doing? Yes, um, I'm doing great. I heard you talking about um, the creation story and how we don't take the creation story literal enough. Um, I, I caught, I guess, the, the back half of that. I don't think we take it literally enough, when, especially if we're comparing it to the Big Bang story. Because if we're looking at the Big Bang story... Stars had to be created first, and then the first elevate first stars had to blow up and create the second stars, and then they blew up and created the third version of stars, and then finally we had enough heavy elements to make Earth. Well, so that means that stars were created first, and then Earth was created after the stars. Well, if we go to Genesis 1, there was God, and then he created the heavens and the Earth. Well... The stars and the sun and the moon aren't created until verse 16, when God creates two great lights, and he also creates the stars in the heaven at the same point. So the Big Bang Theory, I don't believe, can coexist with the creation story. I think they're too far apart. I 100% agree with you. You know, and if, we, if we're looking at, you know, so God says that he was there before the heaven and the earth, and then he created the heavens and the earth, and that was the end of day one. And then there were, you know, then he creates a firmament to go above us. Um, then I also heard something else. You were talking about Isaiah 22, or Isaiah 40, verse 20, about the circle of the earth. But I think Isaiah knows the difference between a circle and a ball. Because in Isaiah 20, verse 18, he says he will toss you like a ball. And what what was that conclusion? Well, so there's a difference of a ball or a circle. So you could have a circle 
over or over a a flat earth but you couldn't have a circle or a face over the the ball of the earth you know so i think he would have called it a ball if it was a ball or a you know if he's saying he's sitting over the circle of the earth you know i think there's there could be two differences there i also believe that the flat earth theory is one of the biggest things that is pulling people out of the scientific community i was actually saved because of the whole flat earth theory you know which is kind of weird that the other guy um, brought up the whole theory when he, he came up to it. But if we just look at the creation story, um, it doesn't go with the Big Bang story at all. It doesn't. You right. know, and, and then the, all over the Bible, um, it tells us that we need to keep hold to us, which you know is told to us by many witnesses. And if the Bible tells us in multiple places that the earth is still and it cannot be moved, well, then I'll believe that the earth is filled in and it cannot be moved. And then I believe it's Second Corinthians. It says that beware lest any man spoil the youth through vain deceit and science please also called. So let, let me break in here real quick here. Let me break in and, and just remind you, or at least for those that are listening, that the, I know you don't believe this, uh, although you said it this way, the flat earth theory didn't save you. It might have got your attention. Uh, you might even subscribe to it as it theory. Up to him. It, so. it might, yeah. It that the idea of waking you up is good, um, but God saved you, and and certainly uh, as you start processing it, and you come to, I mean, really um, to dismiss circle, to dismiss to dismiss the idea of a circle because Isaiah mentioned a ball somewhere else, is really getting around the reality. And uh, appreciate your call, Dan. 303-690-3000. Michelle calling from Denver, Colorado. Michelle, welcome to the program. Well, hello, Ed. It's so nice to speak with you. I've been listening for a little over a year. I've, I've been commuting from Lafayette to Cherry Creek, where I work, and oh, so wow. I'm commuting home right now. And... I had the great pleasure of being at the service on Saturday with Joel Rosenberg, and it was wonderful to get to actually set eyes on you for the first time after listening for over a year. Mm. And Joel mentioned something in his message that I hadn't heard before, and I've been just kind of rattling it around since Saturday about when Jesus comes back to rule and reign for the um, millennium, that the people who physically make it through tribulation and have accepted the Lord as their Savior will be um, the people who essentially are populating the earth during that millennia reign. And yes, I don't know where I've been, because I've been a student of eschatology for a long time, and yes. I heard that, and I just thought... Uh, Okay, I'd love to hear more about where that is um, biblically, and just, well, you learn something new Okay, so I'd love to hear what you have to say about yes. that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the millennial period, remember, is a thousand year, the thousand year reign of Christ on a literal earth over literal people with literal followers, those that are connected to him, uh, uh, coming alongside of him to rule and reign. It's the promised fulfillment of the the kingdom and the millennial period that's spoken of in the old testament as well and so 
while that thousand years is going on, life is going on. Uh, and like we see today with life going on, uh, the, the reality of, of ch- childbearing and living and work, you know, the, there's actually two distinct groups that will occupy the earth. Um, those with our glorified bodies and those with earthly bodies. And there'll be a thousand years of, of, um, of living. And it's, it's, a, it's an amazing, it's amazing thought to consider um, that, that while Christ is reigning for a thousand years, that there will be a a life of humans and those that are those that are being born, um, because you know at the end of the um, at the end of the, the millennial period um, there is a one last temptation, and and everyone has to make a choice. There, there will be the necessity of making a choice of whether to surrender to Jesus Christ at the end, and and so I did I did some studies on this in our study through Revelation, and. Okay. And um, we we looked at it in depth of well not so much in depth probably one or two weeks worth of of study on the millennial kingdom uh, and you know children born during the millennial kingdom will have a responsibility to believe in Jesus Christ just like everyone that has been uh, born before them. That is just fantastic. I don't know where I've been all my life because I've I was raised in church and I've just never heard. Um, a message about that. So I will certainly um, dig around on Calvary Aurora website and and dig out those messages. Thank you. I'm yep. looking yeah, forward me, to hearing more about it. Let me just really quick. So I know the the search fe- feature has been working pretty well. So let me see if I put millennial or millennium in the search bar. It's going to be Revelation 20, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, okay. And toward the end, let's see if it's millennial. Or if it's millennium, but yeah, it's a fascinating thought, you know. And you can think of, um, you, you can think of. I know you're driving, but Isaiah, Zechariah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Micah—they all talk about uh, a coming millennial period. Okay, well, I'm just so excited to learn more about that, and thank you. It was a wonderful service. I got to meet Joel and fascinating. Loved hearing him speak, and I loved getting to visit Calvary Aurora, so thanks for all you do, and blessings to you and your family. Thank you, you know, and I have to say, Joel's the real deal. I mean, he he is, what you see is what you get. He's a humble, faithful, like a guy that the doors open for him like you wouldn't believe, so keep praying for him. Absolutely, will do, and I'll be praying for you as well. Take care, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, Let me see here. The calls are here. We got Ken calling on line number one. Ken, welcome to the program. Hey, Ken, you're on the air. All right, let's move on to Joe in Arvada, Colorado. Joe, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. Thanks for taking my call. So this is my question. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Oh, great. Um, so, <laughs> common law marriage. Uh, okay. Your thoughts on that, and is it scriptural? And if it's not, or if it is, where would I find it? Well, common law marriage is an invention of the government, and that's what I thought. It's, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. So let let's. It's not a bad thing. 
in the right. sense that the government created it primarily to protect the woman when the guy uh, has a few kids with her and decides to bail on her. And, and what the government did was say, uh, if you live with, together with someone and you pretend to be married and you have children and you, you, you live together for a long period of time and you decide just to bail on, and usually it's, it's, not, always, uh, it's not always the man that leaves, but 99% of the time it is. Um, yes. The law was created to protect her and give her the same rights as if they were married, as if they had made a commitment to one another, a viable sign on the dotted line before God and man commitment. And and so it's not a bad law to have. I'm glad that their leaders in our government are looking out for the weaker vessel and looking out for the one that will be taken advantage of by someone that doesn't want to make a commitment. But the bib now that's one part. If if yeah. we're asking if common law marriage is equal to biblical marriage, the answer is no. Of course it's not. Biblical marriage in its essence is a one man, one woman lifetime commitment that's made before God and men. Okay. And so, one of the ve- one of the vehicles that is used to solidify that is to get a marriage license. And I know people will come back and go, well, you know, where it was with God, I'm just going to go to the trees and to the mountains and just say I do. Well, you know, sometimes people that are saying that, like, I'll tell you what, let me just put you, let me put the question into into a a more personal thing. My wife, Marie, when we were dating and going to get married, I would do anything to marry her. I'd sign on the dotted line. Uh, I would do whatever it took. I wouldn't be making excuses why I wouldn't make commitments. And so generally, people that make excuses of not making commitments aren't making a real commitment. Wow. That's my general experience. It's not everyone. But usually somebody, you know, because there'd be people, I don't need a piece of paper. That Well, no, neither do I. But it sure is good that you ratify a commitment before God and 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 before each other and then you you tell them hey we live in this state we're citizens of this state we're citizens of this world and and signing on the dotted line is not a sin so why won't you do it and usually somebody that comes up with some biblical argument isn't biblical at all right so the reason i ask is because you know i i was living with uh, you know some woman a while back and so, you know, people say, oh, well, now because you live with her, now you're common law. It's like, I don't think so, because I'm not living with her anymore. They say, well, a certain you have, amount did, of time that you are. It's like, did well, you have kids with her? even do that in seven years or whatever it was. Did you have kids with her? <laughs> no. Okay, and so why were you living together before marriage? Didn't know any better, just kind of doing the wrong thing, I guess. And I'm thinking common okay. law is another fancy word for saying... It's you know, or not saying fornication. No, you know? it's not really that. It's not really for that purpose. Um, it's really for the purpose. If you had kids and you left her high and dry, and dis- and you disrespected her more than just living with her, and yeah. you don't want to support the kids, it gives her legal rights in the court system, and it varies by community, but it it basically gives a an abandoned person that's not a legal spouse legal rights. So I don't know that I would call you guys common law at all because you moved on. I don't know what, and I wouldn't have, I have to, I I don't know what the, you know, what the specific law is in your community, but that's not common law marriage. Common law marriage isn't to declare two people living together married. That's, 
It's really just a law that's invoked when, for the purposes of somebody that pretends to be married and isn't and leaves the other person in a very difficult position with seemingly no legal rights, basically child support or even spousal support. That's what it's for. Okay, well then, I'm clear on that one, man, you know, because it's like I'm getting hammered by saying, no, no, you're still married, you're still, no, I'm not married, you know, and under God, I'm not married because I didn't go before him to do it, you know? No, you you wouldn't you wouldn't be married, but let let's talk about that for a second. You know, are are you a believer? Were you a believer when you married her, or when you moved in with her? <laughs> yes, I was. Okay, and so we recognize uh, the Bible teaches that if you move in with a gal, uh, that you're giving the appearance of evil. You're probably fornicating. You're probably involved in sinful behavior, and that's come to an end. <laughs> So that yes. the next question is, have you repented of that sin? Have you have you Absolutely. expressed a, Absolutely. a godly sorrow yes. before God? And so and God in his in all those things, yes. God in his infinite and in, in his infinite grace has forgiven you of that sin. And so now going forward, you don't do that again. You don't move in with a gal. You don't have sexual relations with someone before marriage that God has reserved you to marry one person and devote yourself to her the rest of your life in full covenant before God and man. I needed to hear that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm glad that I hear um, that you handled it in a biblical way because you're right. We do make mistakes. We have done things. My whole life started backwards, uh, and God is a redeeming God, and he's a forgiving God. But what's often missing, you know, what's often missing is repentance is like, you know, most people are like, well, whatever, I could do what I want, that's not really, but but then you just avoid the reality because, you know, Joe, the, the reality is is that it isn't God's intention for you or her to go through relationships like that. It's not his, it's not his heart, it's not his best for you. And, and, and knowing that, we just submit ourselves to what God says and allow what God says to rule and reign over our lives. Amen to that, yes. All right, bro. God bless you, man. Thank you. Thank you again. Bye-bye. 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 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's move to line number three. Sherelle has a quick question. I think I can answer it quickly, but Sherelle, welcome to the program. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, my question was, there was a caller yesterday that um, yes? spoke about the uh, King Solomon and whether yes. or not he was uh, dark skin. Yes. And, and you uh, talked about the woman that uh, Solomon was uh, involved with, and it seemed like you downplayed whether or not there was a relationship there. And I wanted to know your thought on that. Was there a relationship uh-huh. with King Saul and? The lady in the King of Solomon. The yeah, book. yeah. Let's go. Let's go ahead and because I see on the note that you didn't hear the whole question. Basically, he called in yesterday and asked a question of what the phrase "dark skin" meant meant in Ecclesiastes chapter one from the mm-hmm. Shulamite uh, woman, and then he had a fanciful idea of what that meant, and and we dismissed that right away because that's not what it is. It was basically a woman in her communication with Solomon, uh, to, uh, remarking on her dark skin. Uh, right. And so the, the 
the topic of relationship or anything. There was nothing that wasn't part of the question. So that may be why you might have felt that it was downplayed, but they certainly had a relationship. Yeah, okay. But, well, then I, I misunderstood it because I thought you said that it was a woman that um, liked King Solomon. Yeah, I, I, it's it's definitely this is definitely the Song of Solomon is definitely a very intimate book. Right, uh, right. It's I mean it it's actually one of the books of the Bible that you use and you can and you can use to describe because of all of the mistakes that that Solomon made and all of the wives that he had and all of the concubines that he had. This particular woman seems to be the one that he loved the most. Okay. All right. Thank you for clearing that yeah. up for me. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. And have a beautiful day. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, bye bye. All right. Let's go back to the phone lines and see. We're almost at the end. So I'm going to say um, Dave from Denver, um, because we're out of time. Uh, Trent, just, just let him know. Let him know to email me uh, and I'll send him some scriptures. Okay. Because we're out of time. So. Trent, just just tell, give him my email address and let him know. So welcome, I'm glad you guys joined us this afternoon. We're coming to the end of the show. I appreciate everybody's calls and even uh, calls like Sherelle where you're calling to clarify and maybe you got in late on a particular call and it brought a question. No problem. Uh, as we talk about the things of the Lord and open the Bible together, uh, it is an honor and a privilege. So thank you guys for joining in. Thank you guys on Hope FM, Truth FM. My name is Ed Taylor. Go to calvaryaurora.org and actually go to our app. Uh, That's a lot of our communication happens on our app. Calvary Aurora. God bless. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.